If you will, open up your Bibles to Galatians, the sixth chapter, and we're going to share something a little bit, maybe a little bit different twist on this scripture right here, Galatians, the sixth chapter. And when we start to read this, you might go, oh, I know this one, right? You ever read one of those and you already know it all? <laughs> Me too. But Galatians, the sixth chapter in the ninth verse uh, real familiar, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart or we don't quit. Here's an interesting thing here. For, you know, we know that redemption, you can claim those things, get those things right now. You don't have to wait for a harvest of salvation. But there are some things you do wait for as you do good, and then you reap, and there is like a promotion, there are different things, you know, even in the secular world, you know, if you go to work for a company and you get hired on, they call it a probation period. What are they doing? You're sewing, not with a needle, but you meaning you're giving of yourself, and you know, you're planting you know, and they watch you, and depending on how you perform, you get kept or kept on, or they say it was nice knowing you, right? But if you do it right, not only that do they say, hey, it was good to have you, but they may promote you, give you a raise, or they'll sit down and say, hey, you know, six more months, we're going to evaluate this. And after these six months, all of a sudden, you've kept faithful, did what you were supposed to do, and you got promoted. That's like these verses here that we're talking about, about reaping things. That after good works and certain things, it comes back to affect your life. And so in this verse, there's quite a bit. Notice what he said, "...and let us not grow weary." So the first thing is, we have to have a mindset, we're not going to quit in this verse. Basically what he's saying, if you're not there at this time, you're not getting a harvest in certain things, you have to have this mindset. He said, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap if you don't lose heart and quit. So the first thing he said when you're in this position and you're not harvesting like you want but you're doing the right things, he said, you basically have to determine, have a mindset that I'm sticking with it. Then the next thing he said, you need to realize that there will be a chance of getting weary because he said, don't get weary. So he's basically saying, do good, hold on, stick with it till harvest comes. And how many of you ever heard these verses, you know? I've heard them over the years, yeah. And, and I've heard them again and heard them again and heard them again. And, then, and they bring courage to you when you hear them, I hope, right? Don't they? I mean, if it's God, he's honest, right? God's not a liar. He's not a liar at all. And so... These are factual things right here, but I guess today I want to look at a different side of this, meaning almost beyond this. In other words, 
you have to ask the question, is this the only verse that we ever follow, or is there an end to this verse? What do you mean an end to this verse? Well, this verse ends with reaping, getting, if you don't quit. So the end of this whole thing is some kind of promotion, some kind of blessing, some kind of something. And so my thought is, he had told you before this time, there are actions, mentality, mindset you must adopt in this process, and you must hold to them. The question is, do you then hold on to those same mindsets, those same actions, when you start harvesting? Listen, God's a liar if you don't harvest at some point or we're doing something wrong. Right? Meaning if he said he delights in the prosperity of his people, that's not so you just go, woo! No, that's so at some point you walk into it and when you start walking into some of these things, can you or should you keep the old mindset? During the harvest of things, do you think, oh, I just got to keep pushing? No, your mentality needs to change from enduring to get to I am now getting. You understand what I'm saying? When the end of this verse begins to occur then you don't stay with the mindset that you started with. And so I want to talk today about some things about changing our mindset in harvest or in receiving. Because the question is, do we only live our lives holding on, pressing, and never harvesting? Is that how we are supposed to live? Because that just seems like your mentality is always push, push, push. Uh, I got to make this happen. I got to do the right thing. But that seems to be the attitude you possess before the harvest. Is the only harvest we ever get when we get to heaven? Or is there a harvest here of things that God wants you and I to experience on all different areas? I mean... I would think if I was a farmer and I was given instructions to just hold fast, put the seeds in the ground, keep watering, and in due season, if you don't quit the right actions, doing the right thing, you will get a harvest. And you may have to hold on, and your mind may go, oh, I need this bad and I need it now, but you can't speed some of these things up. But when the day comes... Does the farmer hold the same mindset that he had before? That's a good question. So that would mean if he changed his mindset from before harvesting to when he started harvesting and started getting things, then I wonder if we need to change when we start walking in God's things. It's an interesting thought, and it's all over the Bible, actually. You know, because we've heard this verse, and sometimes people have adopted a mentality of, um, it's going to get better in the future, but the future never becomes now. So you can't keep this mentality all the time. 
And you have to realize there is a time of pushing and pushing, but there's a difference between working to plant seeds and water seeds than picking fruit. Isn't there? And when it's harvest time, you do things different. And I know this for us as a church, we're in a place of harvesting as an individual and as a church, but also as people too. And so are there things we should do? Once we enter in, we need to realize this. Harvest doesn't always start out as a blast, but it quickly takes off. You with me? And so if we've been fighting not to grow weary for the time of harvest, and all of a sudden harvest starts coming, then are we going to get tired? No, we're going to look and go, hey, this is totally different. This is a good thing. Stuff is happening. Stuff is changing. And so I want to talk about that today, changing our mindset to a harvesting mindset. And as we're harvesting, we need to start thinking different. In other words, some people, when they start to harvest or see a blessing in their life, all of a sudden they think, I don't deserve this. They do. Good's coming my way. I don't deserve this. I haven't done good enough. I just don't deserve this. You know, that's what farmers think too. I just don't deserve all this corn, all these watermelons. I just feel so unworthy right now. Worthy has nothing to do with it. There are scoundrels that are multimillionaires, and they don't feel guilty. But if you're a Christian, you ought to feel guilty. That's the first thing requirement is being a Christian, is just have condemnation and guilt all the time. That's serving God. Our God's a good God. Now let's feel guilty. What in the world? And so you need to have a mindset, wait a minute. It's okay for me to get ahead. If I've been planting and I start seeing stuff coming in and I know, hey, it's starting to work in my life, do I then go, oh, 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 woe is me. One thing you need to do is if you've been planting, and especially I know God has dealt with me at times like, hey, this is yours. You're entering into something. You have to realize it's okay to be blessed and it's okay to enter into things. And we need to make sure we change our mindset and hold fast to a new way of thinking. Because isn't it true when you train yourself a certain way, you have a tendency to go back that way, right? And so renewing your mind is not just learning to not cuss oh, or do this bad thing. No, it's a whole different way of thought. I mean, Jesus said it concerning the worldly people. He said they're wiser concerning finances and money than the children of the kingdom. He said they're more shrewd. And there are wealthy people out there that are more shrewd. Now, he didn't say good for them. He said, listen, we need to change our mindset. And it's okay. Hey, it's okay for you to get ahead. It's okay for you to be blessed. Matter of fact, you go read through the Old Testament, and we have a better covenant. If they did certain things, it was just a matter of time until they started walking in God's best. It was just a matter of time. So I want to look at this from the other side. What kind of mindset do we incorporate 
as we start walking in God's blessings. Because they're ours. Some you can claim, some by your actions you sow, you will reap. So the first thing we need to look at and have a mindset is, be careful of pride in promotion and blessing. Hey, God wants you to get ahead, but you have to be careful. Turn to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. In promotion and blessing, and the Bible is clear about it. The Bible said, Paul planted, Apollos watered, the word of God in these people, but it said then God gave the increase. What was the increase? It was fruit. It was a change of life. But we need a mentality because, you know, 1 Samuel 15 shows us that we need a new mentality or need to make sure we hold to certain ways of thinking because when we arrive, there will be challenges. You with me? And what kind of challenges? You know, you come out from under one thing and now you get into a new thing because it's a new day. What could be a challenge? Look at this. This is amazing to me. 1 Samuel 15 and the 17th verse. And so Samuel said, now this is this prophet who comes to Saul and said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not the tribes of the head of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? So this prophet comes to this guy and says this. Listen, there was a day when you got moved up into this position. You were not big in your own eyes. You didn't have the big head. You weren't thinking wrong. As a matter of fact, by this time, as he gets promoted and God's blessing is on him, he stops doing it God's way and decides, it's okay for me now to do it my own way. I have finally arrived at the position that I'm supposed to be in. Here's what happened to him. His internal self was pushed down when his outside was pushed down. When his outside started coming up and his position got higher, there was something faulty inside and it rose up and instead of keeping himself small inside, he got big. I'm bigger than God. He stopped following God's direction. He stopped thinking, you know, because he finally got what he wanted. How many people do that when they're going to get married? They act one way, and then they finally get there, and it's all changing. Oh, when I'm the boss, I'm going to be the best boss in all the world. And then all of a sudden, what happened to you? But promotion came, and the external pressures, because there are external pressures that keep us in line, whether you know it or not. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, you go to work, and I can't believe my boss. I'd say something, but that check is right there. (laughs) Right? Oh, not anybody here. But when the external circumstances change, you have to guard the internal. Because then when you get there, and you're in that position, now what you held back, you might go, it's your turn to get fired, dude. And they don't deserve that. But you were small in your own sight. You looked at things a certain way. And those external circumstances kept you there. 
Here's a question. If you won the lottery, how would you treat your boss? <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about that. That's what I'm talking about. The internal needs to be worked on because when the external changes, you got to be careful. And there is promotion in God. And there is exaltation in God. And you maybe have been doing stuff and not realize I'm about to walk into something and I'm walking into something and I've already thought I've been doing good and I'm going to keep going up. If you don't keep those things in check, they will spring out of you and you'll think, what happened to me? No, it was there. You just need to be careful and adjust your thinking. So don't allow those internal things to be left unchecked because when the external pressures change, people say, you used to be different. No. Circumstances held you there. Oh, me. So I'm telling you, God wants us to make sure when we get into stuff and we're walking in stuff, we don't become a different person. Saul did. God had to go to him and talk to him, and he would not change. And he changed his religious beliefs, how he was going to do stuff. He said, oh, I'm going to, instead of doing it the way God said, I'm, I'm just going to keep some of these things aside, and I'm going to offer them to God. That's what I'm going to do. And he said, look, you used to not do this. Isn't it interesting that people act different in different places and circumstances? So what do we need to do? We need to make sure we stay small in our own sight. No matter how big you are and no matter how far God takes you, because he's taken people and he's taken us, you have to watch your mentality. Here's the second area that I think is real important as we move on. Because I do, I know it's a new day for us. And it's a new day for people. Here's another thing. There's a danger in reaping and getting full, then forgetting the Lord altogether and think it was just you and your great work and your great effort. Turn to Deuteronomy, this 8th chapter. See, because these things are real. In other words, we should not have the mentality all the rest of my life I have to press, push, not grow weary. Those are only seasons. Harvest is is a real season in God as we do right things. But what's interesting is God knew he was going to bless these people as they stuck to their guns and did the things they knew and served him and obeyed him. But he even warned the children of Israel. Look at this in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter and the sixth verse. So the first guy, Saul gets the big head. These people totally were warned, don't you forget God when you get there. I believe our nation has gotten so blessed, people have forgotten God. We don't need him anymore. It was our hard work. It was our ingenuity. It, no, it wasn't. No, it was a bunch of believers, and therefore those believers were going to get blessed and promoted in God. Therefore, because they were working for other people, God had to bless them in order to do that. And so it spread through the whole land. Notice this, the 8th chapter, the 6th verse. It says, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, 
to walk in his ways and to fear or reverence him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Kind of sounds like harvest, a good land. Where's God taking you? I don't know, but it's a good land. Where's God leading you into bad places? No, a good land. Is he leading you to get fired? No, he's leading you to promotion into a good land. He wants you blessed, but he wants his church blessed. He wants people one to the Lord. He wants us to live in victory. But notice this. He said, therefore, you know, you got to, he said, you got to keep my commandments. Because why? Verse 7, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and waters and fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills. See, they were in a land where they had to pump the water. Now the water just flowed to them. Now they still had to direct the water, but it wasn't all this hard labor, meaning there were just differences into the place they were going. He said it's a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and a land of olive oil and honey. I mean, he's just naming it. This is where you're going. It's a good place. Somebody said, well, I'm not too much into olive oil. Well, God knows what you're into, and he'll make sure you're blessed. Verse 9 said, it's a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. Now think of it. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will harvest if you don't quit. Sometimes there's scarcity beforehand. Here he said, the land I'm taking you, no scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. I mean, there's precious metals. You start digging. You know, we know California is the gold state. Arizona's the copper state. We know it's in the ground. He said, listen, there's stuff in the ground for you to get out. And it's in this land. And he said, I'm going to bless you with all this. And when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. So after all of it's done, he said, you got to bless me. Thank me. Be worshipful. Notice verse 11. Beware. What's there to beware of? Copper, iron, fruits, plenty. <laughs> what in the world are you bewaring us for, Lord? He said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today. So this is a mentality you have to get as you walk into God's blessing. You have to be careful, lest when you have eaten and when you are full, in other words, you got it going on. You think God's against prosperity? No, this is what God warns us about. And have built beautiful houses and you dwell in them. This is all the result of his blessing. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold, wait a minute, I thought we were just digging for copper and iron. But there's gold and silver? I, I'm cool with that. 
and your gold is not only dug up, but it's multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, meaning herds, everything, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When you're under the pressure before harvest, many times there are things because you're pressing to get it you're praying, you're seeking God for answers. Now you got the answer. I'm relieved finally. Will you keep praying? Will you keep seeking God? He said, when your heart is lifted up and you forgot the Lord your God, I bet the Lord would cry. He, he got upset, you know, and it repented him when he made man when he had to destroy the earth with the flood because everybody was just it said their imaginations were constantly evil it repented him i bet not that god would be mad but i bet he would think man i did you so much good i got you you finally made it through you finally started getting harvest you started the stuff i've warned you if you keep going good's going to happen in your life and now it started happening now you're blessed now you got jet skis and boats and you got lifted up and you forgot me now and now you're at the lake and you're hanging out doing what everybody else is doing because now you're blessed. And, but I was the one who got you that. It never said he was bothered by the stuff they got. But it was the mentality that they held. And it says, when your gold is multiplied and all these things, verse 14, when your heart is lifted up, and you forgot the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and, and a thirsty land. In other words, it didn't flow with water. It wasn't the place to plant where there was no water, but he made water come from a rock. He said, who brought water to you out of a flinty rock. Think about it. That flinty rock we know in the Bible is an example of Jesus. You know, in the Bible it says the rock that followed them was Christ. See, they had a picture of Christ sustaining them through that time when they were waiting for the harvest, when they were pressing before they got it, and they were all partaking, but but now that flinty rock didn't fall on them. They had to continue their relationship with God in the promised land. They forgot him. It's so interesting to me. You know, that rock was significant. I mean, so significant, Moses struck the rock twice, and God said, because you struck the rock twice, you can't go into the promised land. People say, God was so angry. No, the rock was Christ. Christ was going to die once and be struck once for the sins of the world. God wasn't mad at Moses just because he struck the rock twice, but it was an example that Christ had to be struck more than once. And so here they are partaking all the time. Then they enter in, and they forget the one who brought them in. And notice this. Verse 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, Listen, God's provision is in those areas of sowing, pressing, waiting for the bigger harvest. It's there, and it was there for them too. But all of a sudden, they got into something that was a measure beyond their imagination. 
In other words, man, it was real. But it wasn't busting out their bank accounts. Quail wasn't busting out their bank accounts. But it was enough to get them by. But as they obeyed, all of a sudden they entered in. These are warnings of a mentality you need when you enter in. And I know God is moving people into things. And notice this. He fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. He wanted to see where they were at. And he tested them. Verse 17, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. In other words, when he entered in, all of a sudden... He said, your mentality has changed. You're no longer recognizing I was the one who blessed you. I was the one who caused you to have harvest. You need to keep the mind that no, it was God, not you. Not your wisdom, not your hard work that finally paid off. And therefore, let me tell you how I did it. No, it was still God. It says in 17, Then you say in your heart, my power of my hand has gained me this wealth. Verse 18. And you shall remember, you need to remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is in that day. What was the covenant he swore? To bless them, multiply them, do good for them. And he established this covenant. But one thing he said you need to do is make sure that you keep serving me as you enter in to a new day and a new thing. So those are two, but I want to look at two more other areas that I think are super important about our mentality. You know, the Bible said we're to be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So as we get blessed and we walk in his blessings, it's not oh, i got to press to get this. It's all of a sudden, now I'm getting it. All those pressures that, ah, man. Because how many people, when they're destitute, and they're like, man, I'm messed up on alcohol, I'm messed up on drugs, i got these problems. I've seen it over the years. They come, and they press, and they push, and they'll do whatever it takes, and all of a sudden, they start to get up over the hump, and they're done. And they forgot him. But he was the one who did it. These are mentalities you need to adopt, no matter how good it gets, and it's going to get good. I'm going to make sure I'm going to keep serving God. Notice number three. As you're blessed, you still need to be disciplined and not wasteful. This is an interesting thought, because God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you in this new time and day of your life, but the issue is you need to adopt this mentality. I can't be wasteful. I need to stay disciplined with the things I get when God blesses me. Because how many people, when they get blessed of the Lord, have a I won the lottery mentality? And you know all the horror stories of people who have won the lottery? All of a sudden, they're broke. And you think, how'd that happen? You just ask yourself, if I won the lottery, oh, first thing I'd do, I'd have party for a thousand people people think like that. I think, you know how much money that costs to do that? Yeah, but I got millions. If you adopt that kind of mentality, you're going to start wasting away everything that you got from God. 
I knew you'd be excited about that. So John 6, verse 12 and 13. Jesus has multiplied these loaves and fishes, fed thousands. I mean, they've got a miracle of provision. And in verse 12, after all these people are fed and there's just crumbs and chunks of bread all over, he said, John 6, 12, so when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves. I mean, there was so much provision, they gathered up more than just the loaves. And from the five loaves, he said, which were left over from those who had eaten. So why didn't he just say, hey, it's all good, miracles are happening, harvest time? No, he wanted them to make sure, be disciplined and don't be wasteful as you're blessed. He'll do it again. No, he can and he will. But here's the thing, lest you hear me wrong, God wants you to enjoy stuff. He wasn't bothered by those people enjoying stuff. He just wanted to make sure, hey, you're entering into something, stay disciplined. You can enjoy it, but be disciplined. Oh, I'm so blessed, I'm not even going to pay off my credit cards. I'm just so blessed. No, pay off your credit cards and you'll really be blessed. Anybody ever pay off your credit cards and then you go, oh, I'm blessed. (laughs) They attach all kinds of other things to your credit card. Well, it's only this much a month. Yeah, but that interest will keep you paying that, and that is a waste, especially if you get the provision to pay it off. Oh, well, we can just put it on the credit and we'll just do this. You're going to mess things up, and that's a lottery mentality, and that is not a mentality we need. You with me? See, these are things we should adopt as we harvest. That has to come to believers or God is a liar or we didn't do it right. Amen. Here's the fourth thing, a mentality that we need to adopt. We need to stay or be generous and don't lose a servant's heart to the Lord when you prosper. How many people get too big when they get blessed. Or, you know, I'm outside the pressure now. You know, here we go. Notice this. 1 Timothy, 6th chapter. I guess you probably have to ask, what in the world am I talking about today? A new day. A day of blessing. But so many people are going to walk in and we will as a church individually and as a church walk in these things but here's the issue what's it going to do to you how are you going to act because everybody can be presented with blessing but some people all of a sudden change when it occurs God is not bothered by you, even though people may be bothered by you. How many people are bothered that people are blessed? No, God's not bothered that you're blessed. He just wants to make sure it doesn't jack you up, and that's all on me or you. So there's all these warnings in the Bible. Notice this, and I know, you know, if you read 1 Timothy 6, you know, we'll just do this because, you know, we got till 4 o'clock. And uh, No, I'm kidding. This is my last verse. Somebody said, oh my goodness, four o'clock? 
No. 3.30. No, I'm kidding. We'll start in verse, verse 10, and then we'll jump down. He said, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some, having strayed from the faith in their greediness, have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When you read that verse, if you're not careful, you think it said money is the root of all evil. And he was not talking about money being the root of all evil. He was talking about the attitude behind money. Notice, the love of money. You can love money and be poor or love money and be rich. He said the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their, notice another attitude, greediness, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And then he said, but you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. What is he telling you to flee? Money? No, because there's too many verses that say God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Beloved, I would you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. On and on. If you sow, you'll reap, seek me first, and I'll add all these things to you. And you would think he wouldn't just change his mind a few verses later. He's talking about our motives here as you get blessed. Notice this. We'll start in verse 17. Same chapter, talking about the same stuff. Command those who are rich in this present age. So is he bothered by money? Or is he talking about the attitude? Because it's the same chapter. He said, command those who are rich. Whether you're rich or poor... We need to watch our attitude, especially as we watch God's blessing come on our life, because he said it has to happen. I know people don't like this, but tough. I mean, think about it. How people can think, well, you know, you serve the devil, and he'll bless you, but you serve God, he won't. The devil will bless you if you serve him. We have promises, Jesus had a personal promise from the devil. He said, if you bow down and worship me, all that you see can be yours if you'll just worship me and I'll give it to you. So you serve the devil, he'll bless you. Serve God, no. The Bible said the cattle on a thousand hills is his. And he made the gold in the garden and he called it good. And he said he would bless everything you set your hand to. So there is provision to serving God. And so here he said, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Notice both times he talks about money, all he talks about is our attitude. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust. This is almost like gathering up all the other verses we read. Nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God. Notice this phrase, who gives who gives us richly a few things so you can get by. No, he already told us back there he was blessing them in all kinds of areas. And here he said, who gives us. So if you think that first verse is God being against money, you're nuts. I mean, you fell off the truck and hit your head. Or somebody fed you something, and they weren't honest because here he said, 
command those who are rich. And then he said, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let him do good then. Who? The person who's in this place of receiving. Now, does God just want some people? No, he told anybody, if you'll sow, you can eventually reap. He said, let him do good. That they may be rich. Who? Rich in good works. Who does he want to be rich in good works? People who are rich. In money. Because people who get rich in money can get rich in themselves. Look at me. I don't got to do that. Who do you think I am? You know I own this corporation, and you're telling me work in the kids' church? Greet at the door? These are things that make us forget God in blessing. Are you kidding I don't have to worry about being nice to you. I got all my prayers answered. I'm so blessed. I'm not going to forgive you. These are things we've got to be careful of when external changes because his blessing is moving in our lives. And he said it would. And God is not opposed to you being blessed. It's all about the internal, which makes for actions. And so he said, let them do good that they may be rich. But didn't he say, command those who are rich in verse 17? And here he's giving you another command. Make sure you're rich in good works. Ready to give, willing to share. Then he said, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. What is he talking about? Well, in these good works, you perpetuate sowing seeds. And you start laying stuff up in heaven. You start laying stuff up ahead of you. People don't realize what they do today is laying stuff up in the future. And I know we're in a new day, in a time of blessing in our lives, my life, your life. Things are happening. God has warned us as a church to stay with it. And things have been changing. And here's the thing. We need to start adopting a new mentality. And realize as we walk in these things... God's not opposed to him one bit. But here's what these four things, and there's probably others, why they should be so important to you and me. Because if you go back and read the very next verse in Deuteronomy, he said, you forget me and get to this place, you'll eventually come to ruin then. These will keep you in the place of harvesting and out of ruin. And it'll keep you in that place of receiving. I don't know about you. I want to stay there. Somebody said, I'm not there yet. Just be on the right path, and you'll get there eventually. I hike a lot. You just stay on the path. You'll get there no matter how much you keep starting and stopping. You'll eventually get there. But you have to endure and stay with it. 